Hello, welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv forward slash RollTogetherRPG forward slash schedule. Please do leave a review and we look forward to adventuring together. did they say that they wanted done in this room? It's a bit dark, isn't it? Hello? Is anybody in here? Hello? Who's that? Hello? Oh, hello there. Uh, you must be, you must be the other intern, is that right? Oh, that's, that's right. Yes, I'm the, I'm the Forge Master. You're... Oh. Uh, we're, we're using our made-up names, right? Yes, yes. I'm the Playmaker. That's my name, yes. That's right. I, I think I remember you from the college. Yes, yes. I, I briefly saw you. You looked all hot and sweaty and hammering things, and I was in the corner reading a nice book, I think. I certainly yes. think that we were uh, doing different majors, weren't we? Yes, definitely. Um, uh, d- did you get one of these letters? I'm not I'm not convinced I did. What? Who? Who gave you that? Well, it, it seems to have come from, uh, from from the question masters. I'll, I'll read it out to you. It says, uh, greetings, interns. Uh, please introduce yourselves. Uh, I think we've done that already, so I think we're good there. Uh, oh, sorry, introduce ourselves to the audience. Hello, audience. I am the playmaker. Oh, hello, audience. I am Forge Master. Are we live then? Yeah, um, this whole fourth wall stuff is, is very new to me. It's all- Omnipotent power and all that. Ooh. It has come to the Council of Question Masters' attention that our subjects under scrutiny from the material plane are becoming wise eh, in their pitiful limited capacity, it says here in brackets, ooh, to our challenge rooms, and they might be in need of a little refresh. This is a task not to be undertaken lightly, as our challenge rooms are designed to draw out knowledge, data, and ideas with maximum efficiency. Designing new challenges is a task best left to the upper echelons of question masters, think tanks. Unfortunately, they're all currently busy, so we have generously decided to let you two have a go, Forge Master and Playmaker. Ooh, that's us. Uh, consider this the combination of your internship. Success in this task will cement your place amongst the council and grant you license to borrow multiversal mortals to run your own. Talking is a free action show. Well, that's rather exciting now, isn't it? It does seem like uh, a bit of a bit of an end of year exam, doesn't it? It does a little bit. I am not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous about it all because I, I hope I do a good job. But it should be good anyway. Uh, oh, sorry. Now there's a bit more. Uh, it says, uh, before you begin, please read out and thank our list of sponsors and supporters. That's a new thing. And don't forget to acknowledge the planes of social media and podcast land. And it says here that they are Hero Forge, Ultra Pro, Phoenix Dice, Alchemy RPG, and supported by Idle Champions, Neverwinter, Elderwood Academy, and D&D Beyond. You can, there's also the D20 Club, which is on Patreon, which you can support for as little as one of your current C? Currency? Okay, yep. Yeah. One of any currency, that's it. Uh, you can also find us at Roll Together RPG on Twitch, YouTube, podcasts, and socials under the name Roll Together RPG. Okay, so that's that's that bit done. Uh, it seems to be a little bit more, uh, which seems to be in regard to what we are doing here today. Do you have any idea what we're doing here today? Well, I said it in the letter, didn't I? That we've got to design, what is it, designing some more rooms? Yes, yes, it was, yes. So, uh, yes, I mean, I did read that before, but I've got the brain of a sieve, so, yes. Mm, you should give you, it back then. Yeah, I should give it back, yes. But anyway, uh, before you is a device known as a D6. Uh, I think is this, do you have one of these to hand? I do not. Hang on. I'll just quickly make something. Do you, do you want to roll your one for the moment? 
Yeah, I can rule my mind. Uh, let's finish this letter off. Uh, sorry, I I had this ability to uh, try to adapt to other people's accents. So if I if I start to sound like you, I apologize. Uh, this will help you narrow down your rolling this d6 will help you narrow down the infinite options and get you started. You have 60 universal standard minutes from the beginning of your reading. Oh, I shouldn't be waffling then, should I? Uh, note to complete your task. Stay classy. Uh, uh, P.S. Oh, this one seems to be from The Poppet. The biscuits in the tin on the high shelf are for fully initiated question masters only. If you ca if we catch you dipping your hands in or letting the kobolds do it, you'll be placed on black hole cleanup duty for three for three cycles. Okay, let me just get the crumbs right. out of my beard. I I didn't didn't want a biscuit until I heard that. Don't tell anybody. Uh, I, I can get rid of this now. There we go. Right. Anyway, uh, D six. Uh, did you say right, so to first? narrow down the infinite options, which seem to be numbered six, we roll that. Yes, that cube. I, I thought eight was the number for infinity. Oh well, do you want to roll? All right, if you're sure. Yeah. All right, here we go. Five. A five, right. So let's have a look through this infinite possibilities that we have here. All right, and we have got right. So, uh, would you like to read it out? I can do. So, this one seems to be called Tentacle Friends. A coastal village is being plagued by some kind of eldritch nightmare creature in the sea. But it isn't the BBEG that the players initially think it is. Why and how do they have to work alongside it? What do they actually encounter? Oh, well, that's rather that's a quite an interesting one. That could be uh, you could probably do that for uh, the the lower level of adventurer, couldn't you? Surely, uh, working with something that could later become the BBEG with tentacles, and we all know that there are people out there that like tentacles. Uh, what do you think? Well, I'm I'm wondering because it's it's obviously saying about um, it's not, not the thing that you think it is originally, so you know, there are certain entities that everybody uh, is aware of that might be behind something, but how could you do that with a, with a double bluff? Kind of pull the, pull the wool from under their eyes. Definitely. Um, well, I think the first thing that we need to establish is what are some of those common tentacle-based creatures? I can think of at least two. Can you think of any more than that? Let's play a high or a lower game. Hmm. Well, okay. I'll call you a bluff. I can think of three. Oh, okay. Um, I can think of... Actually, no, wait. I'm going to get you to say what your three are. We'll see if, we'll see if you're right. Shit. Right. So I'm thinking beholders. Okay. I'm thinking ithylids. Mm. And then I was also thinking what are those creatures? The kind of spidery crabby ones with four legs. Onagis. Oh. Onagis. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't cons I didn't think that beholders had tentacles, but that's an interesting concept. I, one of my ones was actually Kraken. That is also a good shout. I didn't even... Th I was thinking octopus faces. I didn't even think of actual octopuses. Yes, uh, I'm sure in the multiverse there are many more creatures that have tentacles like that. Uh, but those, I think those should be the ones that we base this on hmm. for, the, for the moment, especially, especially for a, a, a slightly lower level party. I mean... Uh, as far as I'm aware, Krakens and Illithids are for mid to higher levels. Uh, what about the other two that you said? Uh, Beholders is the same, but what about the other one that you said? I'm sorry, I can't remember what the name was. I'm sorry, there seems to be a cat in here. Um, I... All right, oh, oh, all right. sorry, my mouse friend is hiding. Uh. Uh. Now, I'm going to have to consult the manual in this case, because uh, I don't off the top of my head, know exactly what the uh, Unagis, or whatever it is that they're called, actually uh, actually are leveled. But I think they're, I think they're on the lo lower side. Well, that's good. I mean, I mean, the question master's asked us to come up with 
uh, new rooms or other ideas in order for mm. for us to complete the initiation. They didn't say that we couldn't consult the manuals that we've been learning from, so I think that's a fantastic idea. I mean, I think it would be a mistake not to consult the manuals. Yes, well, we definitely need to get our information correct, don't we? How, how would you normally do this kind of thing, then? Would you... Uh... Would you start off just with the idea and then find a monster, or would you find your monster and then use your idea? Well, we've already got the sort of idea of a coastal village is being played by an Eldritch Nightmare. So that's that's the idea. And then what we've done so far is uh, we've added the creatures in. Normally, I, I suppose it's down to preference. There are times where I've had ideas that have sprung up from a creature... Uh, as an example, as you said before, a beholder. I've had an idea for a beholder, and then the adventure itself sort of evolved around it. And there are other times where the setting came first, like a village is being played by a creature. I don't know what that creature is until they get a little bit through, and then I thought, dragon, yes, that sort of thing. So it's all, all depending on the person, really, but yes. So I found them in the manual. They're called Neogi. Neogi. Not Unagi. I think that's a kind of eel. Which is still quite tentacly. I mean, that could be a good idea for what it turns out to be. Yes. That could be the double bluff. I like your thinking. So, yes, Neogi. They range from a Neogi hatchling at about uh, an eighth level. Uh, Then it's a bit of a jump. It goes to three or four, but still fairly low. You could have a reasonably low-level party doing all right against one of the uh, lower-level Neogis, or um, or you could even go for a slightly harder encounter with the, with the big ones. Oh, okay. Right. Um, I think I think what would be good would be, uh, as you've got the manual up there, are you able to give uh, a bit of a, a bit of a, a history on what uh, Neogi are? Just, just for uh, audience members, <laughs> myself, who might not know what they are. All right. So this is reading from the the manual of the question masters and not from any other particular manual that might be or might not be available to people online through one of our many sponsors or supporters. This is telling me that uh, the mentality of a Neogi is alien to many other peoples because adult Neogi have the power to control minds. So they consider doing so to be entirely appropriate. The society makes no distinction between individuals aside from the ability that a given creature has to control others, and they don't comprehend the emotional aspects of existence that humans and similar beings experience. To Niyogi, hatred is as foreign a sensation as love, and showing loyalty in the absence of authority is foolish. Niyogi mark themselves and those they capture through the use of dyes, transformation magic, and other markings intended to signify rank, achievements, and the identity of the individual's leader. By these signs, Nyogi can identify each other's place in the hierarchy, and they must defer to those of higher station or risk harsh punishment. So that's a little bit of um, of what their society is like. And then uh, an, a description, it says, a Nyogi uh, looks like an outsized spider with an eel's neck and head. It can poison the body and the mind of its targets and subjugates even beings that are physically superior. No, and, and, and obviously, I, because it's... Uh... Uh, created sort of with the um, creativity that you could have in the world. If if um, you happen to not like spiders, you could always change their appearance to, to suit the needs that you have. Uh, an idea that's striking me straight away is that is the concept of the of the dyes that they use. Mm. So the as part of the uh, tentacle friends description, it says is to sort of double bluff the party. So why not make the party believe that the BBG is potentially a illithid, as that's quite an intelligent creature, but however, because they're a lower level party, you don't want to put them against those. But there's keys and clues left around of these dyes, which eventually leads there to being a nest of these creatures that the illithid wants to get rid of in order for it to complete its goal because they're maybe having some sort of a psychic battle. That's an idea that's popping off my head at the moment. It's interesting as well, because obviously uh, the Illithids are also something that uh, 
does quite a bit of mind control. So uh, mm. the fact that these Neogi also often indulge in uh, charming, uh, charming the uh, their opponents, then um, that seems like a pretty good place to, to start with the double bluff. So, yes. right. How, when we open the room, do we indicate that there is something controlling minds? Uh, well, so a good way to think of this, I think, would be they enter into they enter into said room. Uh, perhaps they end up on the beach outside the coastal town, or just just within the coastal town, or on the pier key type area, uh, and maybe if the people were to the the the, uh, the heroes of the material plane were to walk around they would see that people are a bit um what's the word their eyes are a bit glazed over maybe that's true yeah something that um signifies initially that they're not in, in control of their own actions yes uh, blank staring at the party at the at the player if they look at them uh, completely ignoring requests, maybe even bumping into them could be, and not acknowledging that they're there could be indications of uh, mind control, as it were. Just a thought, but if they were being mind controlled, surely the creature mind controlling them would still be in fairly decent faculty, but perhaps just the eyes glossed over is, um, is, is your clue. So perhaps... Perhaps they kind of, they look like they've got that kind of thousand mile stare. You yeah. Know, but they're performing everything completely competently. So you don't think that they're paying attention because their looks make it look like they're just, you know, not focused. But then actually, whatever, even if they ask something. That sounds good. Yes. Yes. yes definitely. Definitely sounds good. But then we have to think of a way to insert the mind flare into the situation uh, mm. where where would be the best place to do that do you think i mean sometimes the most obvious solution seems to be the best what if we just from the offset plant the idea that it's illithids and have the very first people that they encounter in the room be selling octopi Oh, that's a very good idea, yes. And then yes. it's just inescapably people will go, all right, mind control, octopuses, it's one of these. Yes. It isn't. Yes, and we could also, you could also say that the uh, buildings are coloured very vibrantly to sort of hint at the double bluff that's going on. It's a very vibrant looking uh, settlement that the players have come into. Uh, that that could be a hint towards the double bluff, maybe. Hmm. Question for you. Yes. Do we think that we want to make this place look familiar to the people coming in? Or, um, I mean, I suppose it depends on where they're originally from anyway, but a lot of uh, a lot of the people that we're, uh, we're testing are uh, native to the... Um, the the nation of uh, Feyrun. Do we want to make it look like a seaside town around there, or we do we want do. to go something a bit more exotic? I mean, I tell you what would be interesting. Now, I don't know. I don't know if this is, is if this is something that um, is is possible, but um, we could we could leave it to the players, couldn't we? Because we have ultimate or sorry the higher ups of the question boards which we will hopefully become at the end of this uh, have the ultimate control of the designs of the room so maybe we ask the players a location that you're familiar with maybe that place takes on a familiar feel to the player themselves maybe some of the people that they see around the town are people that they know gives them a bit more of a maybe an emotional connection to it and then it, that way it would be up to each of the players who hmm. get this room which would then mean it would be different every time perhaps as just as an idea no i like it especially because uh, that'll help to uh, further the um the mind control elements because they would 
recognise people, but they wouldn't be behaving in a way that they particularly uh, normally would. Or perhaps, even though they are behaving as you might expect a person who is selling octopi, um, they don't recognise them. Uh, you pass them by a hundred times. And another thing that you could do as well is, as we are pulling these people out of the material plane at certain points in their adventuring lives, maybe the people that they're adventuring with might, not all of them, but one or two of them maybe, might pop up in the town as well. And that would also signify that there might be something wrong because they're also not acting the way that they should. I like it, I like it. Do we want to... um... Do we want to, to make this more kind of investigative or like a, are we are we relying on social interactions or is there going to be some kind of puzzle mechanism? I do like myself a mechanism, I have to be honest. I, I mean, we can certainly add a puzzle mechanic to it, I would have thought. I mean, this, uh, this whole thing seems to have the uh, inclination that there it could be combat puzzle or social based. Hmm. So I reckon we can go, because there'll be some people who will instantly find out it's an illithid, meet said illithid, and then kill it. And then, you know, we would then need to work out a way for the other creatures to make an appearance in order for the puzzle to actually be solved. Uh, what do you think? But, but not an illithid, because that's that's the double bluff, isn't it? Yes. So they think that it's an illithid, but it's not. It's the Neogi. Yes, but uh, are we? Should we not have an illithid appear and be the one that's like, "This is my territory. These creatures have come into my territory," or maybe not even? As we said before, there was going to be like a alpha battle between the illithid and then and then and then Niyogi. I'm just looking at the uh, the the brief. It does say that it isn't. The BBEG that they initially think. So we should be hinting that that it's it is. But if one yes. turns up, then they'll just instantly go, well, that, that is it, and ignore anything else. This is a very true point, yes. So, but as you said, if we're putting subtle hints in that it is an illithid, maybe, maybe we have, because um, we've got the squids, we've got. Uh, the mind control, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that is um, unique to an illithid that you could put in there as even more of a hint before the double bluff? Something that's something that's um, very unique to them, but could also pass as something that the Niyogi do as well. I'm not sure. I'm going to look in the uh, in the manual again. Yes, right. Um, and uh, while you look in the manual, it says here that as part of the Question Master's journey, you have to say something called Orking is a free action to speak to the higher beings that control the players. Do you reckon that will work on us if we do that? I mean, there's only one way to find out. Oh, would you like to say it or shall I say it? You may do the honours. Talking is a free action. I'm glad that you did that because I think that my... Uh throat was about to give way with the gruff accent. It's Josh and Sean. How are you, Josh? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Um, So I guess we should explain for the audience that um, we are hopefully joining the question master team. With our alter egos, the forge master and the playmaker. Now, Sean, for anybody who doesn't know, can mm-hmm. you explain where the idea of the Forge Master come from? So, the the Forge Master, um, I mean, very simply came from um, the work that I was doing for Hero Forge uh, previously, where um, not not for Hero Forge as such, but um, you know, with our with them as a sponsor in uh, in, in mind, and the uh, forging the characters. Uh, kind of um series that we we, we were running um we aren't going to do that anymore um but i was kind of attached to the the forge master character so i decided that i would uh jump in with him 
How about you, Josh? What's the uh, what's the thinking behind the playmaker? Uh, thinking behind the playmaker, there's so in for anybody who's watched any of the shows that I've done on the various different channels that I've been on in the past, uh, there was always one character that I always played, uh, or that I always inserted into the games, whether it be offline or streamed. That was like this almost was pretty much a question master in the sense of they were this multiversal traveler who appeared everywhere. Everybody hated him. Uh, so I took that concept and then added in some little elements that sort of reflect myself. Playmaker being I like to make things, as people, some people may know I like to do video editing and stuff. So that's the maker part. And then the play part is, well, I play with all of you lovely people that roll together uh, and various other places. And I just thought I'd push the two together. I know Playmaker has a different term in sport, but I don't follow sports so it's not that term so i thought yeah bring them together and i like trading cards as well so um that's where the as you'll see on the mini that's where the card element comes from is i'm massive on trading card games so as are you i believe sean um yeah i i mean i dabbled a lot when i was uh younger but um maybe maybe getting back into it because of the uh forgotten realm sets yes was he yes now because mm. we are here, and because this is talking is a free action, and because we have said those words, normally what happens is we, or the question masters, would roll a D100 to ask a question. Mm. We do want to give people the opportunity to use that, uh, roll that dice. Exactly. GIF, so. so, as it's a bit different, and as we are uh, going to both eventually be question masters, should we do a question for yourself and a question for me? Yeah, I'm happy to do that. Let's yeah. do it. Awesome. So, I'll roll first and ask you a question, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I know that you are still looking at things for the Forge Master, so I shall roll. I rolled a 34. Ooh, what's a 34? So, a 34. Da -da -da -da. Ooh, okay. So, what's an arc or adventure you'd love to explore in a campaign, but haven't had the chance to yet? Um... Should we say that with any of the characters that you've played so far or an arc that you've seen run on the channel that you're mm. not a part of? See, I don't, maybe, maybe this is uh, indicative of me, me DMing too much, but my, my initial thought was what thread would I want to pick up that I've um, DMed? But, uh, all that. Yeah, all that. Oh, Go for played. that as well, yeah. Um. Okay, so a thread that I want to DM, but I'm not sure at what point I might get the chance. Um, I really want to return to Kithis, um, just because I quite enjoyed the little town. Like it wasn't particularly fleshed out when, like, before I went to it, so it was just really nice to delve into. Okay, what's the history of it? You know, what um, what people are there? Like, what's what um, uh, you know, franch not franchises, but like you know what what market sellers would be in the market and you know other um personalities around the town um so yeah i kind of fleshed it out and um we had four episodes which i think i feel like we did quite a bit of exploring but there was actually quite a bit that we didn't look at and so i'd really like to just pick up kithis again um yeah like i said i'm not sure i'm not sure when i'll get the opportunity but we'll see um and in terms of characters, um, I think the um, the Tetch uh, story strand that uh, I kind of began with Ali in um, Distorted Revelation, I think that would be fun to to pick up again because he's currently in Baldur's Gate and a little bit uh, bewildered as to what to do next. I think for me, I haven't mm. DM'd on the channel yet, so I can't go off of my DMing that I'd like to pick up. So in terms of an adventure that I've seen or been a part of like, that I'd like to see picked up, 100% mm. uh, Huxley's Book Club. Even if I'm not, even if Alaric or Alaric won't be in it, but I just want to see like the Prattler come back and do the same sort of thing with somebody else because the concept of that was amazing. The other thing would be, uh, it would have to be a continuation of some sort of, in terms of um, 
my characters, it would be uh, Garnot. Jakarth's mm. story has ended in a way because his big thing was to get rid of Jurak and Tony. But, you know, if another adventure pops up that he could be a part of, then he would. Uh, but he has no outstanding threads that he needs to pull on. But Garnot does. And I'd like to be able to work with the DM and do something, maybe him eventually getting to Boulder's Gate to hmm. do the research on his family and then potentially going to the Feywild. So that'll be that. Fab. Right. My turn for you? Yes. Right. Roll that dice. And that dice, what has been rolled, is a 41. Oh, thank you, Dokey. So 41. If all of your characters had to fight each other, who would win? Oh, now. I think for fairness sake, we should probably have them all to the same level as the highest character. Probably want to assume that they've leveled up, yeah. Yeah. So the highest level character that I've played with the role together is Rezekiel, uh, mm-hmm. who is level 18, level 18 bard. The funny thing is, Rezekiel... Alaric, Jakarth, and Garnot are all family. <laughs> so that's going to be an interesting fight. Um, and then you've got Jack McLover and Jax, who are two other characters that I've played in one-shots. I would say, out of all of them, uh, Rezekiel has it, I reckon, because he has the ability to cast Wish. So in terms of game statistics he would win in terms of sheer awesomeness and the ability to kick absolute but it would be Alaric followed closely by Jakarth um I do have a plan to make Jakarth more like Alaric in terms of game build swapping out some um what they called archetypes and stuff but mm-hmm. um so we may see that eventually but um, yeah, I think Ezekiel, as much as a douche as he is, I think he would win. What about yourself? So I haven't played as high a level as you. Um, I think the highest level character I've played is Bernard. And at this point, I can't remember whether it was level 12 or 13. I it, it wasn't massively high. Um, closely followed by Aofer and um old georgie and then it kind of goes down down and down and down into my many wizards um but yeah i think it's um it's like you say it comes down to to caster bias doesn't it like i I uh, think i think for you you just said many many wizards and i've seen a lot of the characters you play many many spellcasters i think it'll be whoever's the first one is whoever's first in the initiative that can cast fireball (laughs) Um, in which case, it would probably be Rabato purely because he's got a ridiculous initiative modifier. Like, it because he's a Harangon and then he's also a Chronomancer. And I think there may have been something else that gave him just a ridiculous, like, something like plus 11. And that's only going to get worse as he gets higher level. That's so, dirty. Hmm? That's dirty. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, you know, because he's a chron- chronologist, maybe he'd even just freeze everyone in time. Because isn't there like a really high level wizard spell that, um, like, you you basically get four rounds to yourself to prepare stuff? Time so, stop. Hmm? Time stop. You yeah, get, time stop. You get one, I think you get 1d4 plus one rounds before anybody else does anything. Yeah, so like, bare minimum two rounds, possibly five to himself before anyone's even had a chance to go at the end of which he fireballs everyone um yeah and and the other thing with rubato is he's a little bit of a prick so he wouldn't even quite like have any qualms about doing it so no going a little off topic here which is what we do sometimes uh if you did have the ability to do a time stop spell with any character Mm. Mm-hmm. What would you do with your... Say you get the maximum of five rounds to do mm. something. What would you do with those five rounds? I don't know. See, this is where I wish I'd paid more attention to what David was trying to do um, in um, in Crash and Burn um, before uh, Murta <laughs> banished the creature and combat was over. Um, 
I don't know. See, this this is the trouble because I don't play high level characters very often. I'm not super familiar with like a lot of the really high level spells. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of restricted to my knowledge of like stone skin and like I mean maybe like a ridiculously high level sleep at the end of it so that you can then take everybody out one by one. That would be cool. Um I think my options would be either set myself up so lower level spells like mirror image blink all the mm -hmm, ones that mm -hmm. don't take concentration but are really good buff spells that you can have on yourself all the time uh, and then the other option would be just to go down the levels because time stops a ninth level spell go down the levels from eight to uh i got math in my head eight to three or whatever no it would be so you get one ninth, which would be time stop, one eighth, one seventh, and I think two sixes. So it'd be eighth level viable, seventh level viable, two sixth level viables. I th I'm pretty <laughs> certain, though, time stop, as soon as you affect someone else, you um, you unstop time. So your first four rounds would need to be the buffs, and then your last one would be your eighth level. All right, now you're all going to be on fire. That would probably be why I've never seen anybody do that particular thing, because that would be ridiculously overpowered <laughs> yeah i mean can you imagine being on the other side of the time stop like the wizard does something and then very suddenly you've got fifth degree burns um <laughs> your arms just disintegrated in front of you <laughs> yeah oh i seem to be on fire um i yes i think you're right i think just a ton a ton of um buffs to you know, maybe one just afforded to try and increase your damage somehow. Um, but they're mostly like probably haste Ooh. being the concentration. Yeah. That'd be good. Haste or Sanctuary would be good. Yeah. Do you get. Do, do, do wizards generally have Sanctuary? Or is that a divine one? That could be. Oh, I don't know, actually. I'm sure the kobolds or the audience will tell us if. Wizards get that as standard. I don't currently have my uh, spell book at yes. up, so uh, yeah. Um, Should we cool. go back in? Um, we can certainly try. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we, we don't need to say talking is a free action to go back in, do we? just have to wave our hands and we just go back, don't we? I've seen Tom do that a couple of times. Do you have to say doing things is a bonus action? Doing things is a bonus action, well, that was fun, wasn't it? I don't know what you're talking about. I was time-stopped. Oh, right, yes. Well, um, it did feel like a bit of an uh, out-of-body experience as well. So, oh, there's my friend. Come on, there's my friend. Right down the top. There you go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Feed them some food. So, yes, uh, what were we talking about before? Well, we were asking for some things that um, Illithids do that um, we might be able to pretend that a... Uh, and uh, Yogi was doing mind control, and <coughs> is obviously one thing. Uh, hunting their prey, drawing their prey into them would be another. Hmm. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm actually struggling to uh, to find them. All of my uh, my normal searches is uh, come up a little bit a little bit blank. Well, just, we could just we could just go off of that, couldn't we? We could just go off of that. they have the same sort of hunting patterns. I mean, there's the whole thing about um, intellect devourers, isn't there? Yes, they're, they're linked. They're linked to uh, to illithids. They're they're those uh, brain creatures that have got the feet and hands sort of thing that run around, aren't they? Yes, those ones. I think I found I found one of the the big the big ones. Um, let's see, extracting brains, mind blast. Oh, that sounds terrifying. Have you ever fought an illithid before, or an yogi? Um, I believe if I had, that I probably would not be standing here with you. That's fair. I've put them like like on a chessboard sort of thing and put them against parties before uh, never actually stopped to have a conversation with one or fought one myself um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not that stupid 
Precisely. Um, right, I found you. So it looks like the main thing is the, uh, is, is the psionics, um, and lots of, lots of brain stuff. Aren't they the elder brain? That's a, that's a thing, isn't it? That's an illithid thing. Yes. It's the, it's the one that controls the illithids. So maybe, maybe we should be looking at, um, what are the signs that you've got an elder brain? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, there's the tadpoles, of course. Um, the illithid like to implant tadpoles in their in their victims' heads so that they can make more of themselves as their uh, preferred method of reproduction, I believe. So that could be something. There could be like a, a pool of tadpoles around in the village or something that may or may not be illithid tadpoles. I was just looking at the um, the regional effects as well on the uh, the elder brains entry in the uh, question master's guide, and territory within five miles, um, creatures become more paranoid. There's uh, something called psychic whispers. You hear incomprehensible whispers in the deep recesses of your mind, and telepathic eavesdropping. Well, I don't imagine that last one's particularly easy to uh, to imply to someone that it's happening, but certainly the psychic whispers and stuff. Yes, sort of like an incoherent whispering sort of thing. Does the does the um, the neogami uh, do they do they have the ability to converse with people telepathically? That, that is a good question. I'm sorry, um, I'm asking I'm asking you all of these questions. That's because you have the manual in front of you. You see. Oh, no, absolutely. I, th- I think that that's a, that's a very good point. Right, so so they're not really sufficiently high enough level that they've got a massive amount of spell casting. Um, it looks like it's level four. You've got a Miyogi Master. That, that sounds like that could be the uh, the creature that the playmaker... Playmaker? That's me. The, the players or the, the people that we bring from the material plane, uh, that could be the thing that they go up against. Hmm. I mean, yeah, certainly. That I mean, you've also got a Neogi pirate, which seems fairly apt. Um, seems fairly if, apt for a, for a seafare town, yes. That's, that's what I was thinking. So you've almost got uh, Neogi who have uh, come to town by accident because they, they've moored up and gone, all right, well, you know, we'll just mind control everybody and then, uh, then, and then we're sorted. That actually sounds rather fun. There could be a ship, a very colourful-looking ship in dock that you could so you could suggest is there. Maybe that could be the lair. That could be where they're hiding. Mm. In the decks below. It also says that um, they dominated umber hulks, which are a significantly higher level um, threat than they are. But uh, that's you could... terrifying. You could almost have uh, some signs of umber hulks, and you know that's. But that's neither here nor there. That's just deception and just trying to throw people off the scent. Yes, I think I think the ideas that you came up with for the uh, for the illithids is was fantastic with the with the uh, mind control, the squids, uh, maybe a pond full of tadpoles, whether they be illithid tadpoles or frog tadpoles, we don't know. Um, sort of that all hints towards it being an illithid, but then we could have a pirate ship that's stocked in the bay, which has Neogi, uh, you know, no, no, no. pirates. I just had a random, pirates. just had a random thought as well. Ooh. The, uh, the elder brain thing about um, the psychic whispers. Yeah. So typically uh, it, it doesn't look like the, uh, the Neogi really have message or anything you know useful like that right. but i mean there's there's no reason why one of them might have learned that instead of prestidigitation which for some reason they've got but maybe they're not entirely uh uh sure on how they're, they're using it so whenever people hear the kind of psychic whispers it's actually this neogi trying to talk to their neogi friend 
on the other side of the uh, of the of the bay, completely missing, and accidentally getting you, and you're just hearing their language, uh, which is apparently deep speech, and which would oh. be incomprehensible to to most people. So you think, yes. oh, I'm hearing these these whispers, and they're telling me to burn things when actually, no, you're being mind controlled to burn things, and occasionally someone's trying to tell their mates about the football scores. Yes. That's actually that's actually a very good idea. Yes, uh, we should we should get that down. Let's just write that down. Right? Let me just get this. Sorry, this is the question master's bit of paper. I'm just going to write it on here. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Yep, I've got that down. It's good. Now, now the thing is, is uh, what do you think the resolution would be to this to this uh, puzzle or combat or social? Well, it's got to it's got to resolve in them figuring out that it's not actually elithids and an elder brain. They've they've got a they've got a clock that actually this is something that's in your wheelhouse and you'll be able to to take on. Um, it's a bit of a shame that they're uh, mostly so so high up in the chain. But uh, I mean, perhaps a Neogi hatchling. How old is a hatchling when it's uh, when it's at home? It sounds like uh, wasn't that a, like a eighth eighth of a level or something? It was an eighth, so you could quite happily throw between four and eight of them at uh, at a party, yes. and then you know they'll they'll feel quite good about themselves, and then you throw the the three or the four at them. Yes, and if you're planning on your party's level to be be between you know the the first and the third level of adventuring, um, it definitely seems like a adequate challenge for them. Maybe. Maybe pushing them with the fourth, the the wonders of the fourth level of difficulty might be, might be a bit of a stretch. It could also be rather fun, depending on how quickly they go through the others. It really depends, doesn't it, on uh, who it is that we bring into the uh, the question dungeon. It does, doesn't it? Yes, uh, there's a, there's quite a few people who I've seen who like to. Uh, fight their way through situations and there's others who like to make friends with everything so um it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the how the uh the material playing people uh take on this challenge i believe mm. someone someone who's a sufficiently high level would probably just walk through one of the uh the level threes even if they've already used a fair amount of their you know their energy on the uh on on the neogi hashlings Yes, yes. But, uh, but the nice thing about uh, level threes is that uh, if you've got some, you know, a group or a bit bigger, then you can, well, you can tell them that, uh, right, there's not the one that you thought, it's actually four of them. Yes. I mean, obviously, if you do, if you were to have somebody of a higher level come into it, you could add in any lithid. An illicit pirate captain, as an example, with one leg. That's not at all copyrighted for any other squid-based pirate captains that there are in the world. But no, um, you'd, you'd have to give him like a crab claw or something to make yeah, him really distinct. It definitely, yes. Um, I mean, you, you could definitely uh, do that to add a little extra spice to the challenge. Okay, right, so we've got that, so... Um, and then obviously we need to so what we need to decide now is the resolution the, the final mark that allows the player material playing person to complete this room and move on to the next one hmm. it would well, be it, to free the mind control would it not that seems yeah that seems like the, the, the best thing to do let me let me see if there's anything that tells us what the uh, what the Neogi's uh, deal is and whether they've got uh, a telltale sign because they've got to figure out that it's not an illithid, don't they? So yes, well, I mean, we, we've had the, we've had the little indications of like different paints and dyes around mm. like the ship and on some of the houses and stuff, effectively them marking their territory. But then, um, but not everybody's going to know that. Yeah, we've got unless they've got someone in in the group who's uh, you know a, a knowledge based character who could uh, could do some sort of history check. 
Yes. Uh, but you can't always rely on that, can you? What if we had, and this is might be going out there a little bit, but what if we had one of the uh, people in the village, whether it be just a random person that the that the uh, material plane hero might know, or one of the people that they've travelled with, that they're currently travelling with that's been bought here as well, what if one of them was um, slightly stronger-willed uh, in the mind to past their... I believe they're called saving throws at one point and is resisting the effects of the uh, behold that they have on them. And they're the ones that uh, say, oh, it's not an illithid, it's this thing. Someone who can debunk. And when they say, oh, was it a humanoid person with a, you know, squiggly face? And, and a they go, oh, no. No, it, it, it wasn't. It's, it's not that at all. It's... These, these people with the uh, spider legs and uh, and the eel face. Yes, terrifying creatures. I think uh, I think I'm going to uh, to say talking is a free action. Um, I thought maybe uh, it'd be quite nice to to roll the dice again. Yes, um, that sounds good. Uh, if if you felt like it, I'll I'll roll for you first this time. Okie dokie. Oh, that's an eight. That's a very low. That is a very low number, which... Do you know what I always find? Mm. It's really annoying when you roll the percentile dice and you roll under a 10. Because whenever you do that with divine intervention as a cleric, it never happens. Sorry, carry on. So, this is interesting. So, you're, again, you're going to have to pick a character... Okay. Describe your character's ideal date. Ooh, ideal date. Now, we've already seen, I think, Garnot in a uh, suit yes. at uh, uh, Live Fast, Die Free. Yes. But, Went to uh, the underworld. That was a, that was a great um, interactive theatre experience for him. <laughs> he enjoyed that. He didn't like the fact that Roger was turned to stone however um see now there was a romantic connection made between garnot or at least a lot of flirtation insinuated at between garnot and augury in nexus mm. so that's, that's sort of the only romantic connection that there's been between any of my characters ideal date for alaric would probably be the easiest uh quite Simply, he would sit at home with his wife, who is unfortunately passed away now, but he would sit at home uh, with a nice hot chocolate that Blaze would have made for for him and would be reading a book. One of the books that Huxley or Tina or Grimnia or anybody would have uh, suggested for the next book club. That would be his ideal dear of a day. And obviously his wife would be reading the book as well. That's what they used to do before she passed. So, what about you? Well, so this is an interesting one for me because I pretty much exclusively play asexual, aromantic characters. Um, so, all of my characters' ideal dates would be solo dates where they have planned something to do at home on their own. Um, or, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I think probably the, the only character off the top of my head that is not asexual is Bernard. Um and he's used to he's used to the finer things in life. Like he's he's got that rock style, lifestyle kind of thing. So it would be um probably the the snazziest part like restaurant in uh, whatever town or plane he's visiting um that would still allow him to come in wearing his sleeveless top. Um and uh yeah just uh, lots of probably very burnt crispy food but like top-notch crispy food the best the best crispy bacon you could ever find oh yeah i do i had some of that yesterday and it was it was i had to have a drink but it was nice definitely uh, making me hungry again yeah definitely i haven't had dinner yet i shall roll for you hmm 
Uh, ooh, I rolled on the other end of the spectrum. I rolled a 95. Ooh. So, ooh, now, I think I know the answer to this, but yeah. I'm going to ask it anyway. Who's the best villain you've ever faced in a game or, because we are both DMs, played in a game? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know that, you know, Jurok is the kind of obvious answer f from a DM's perspective, but like he was he was an interesting one because he wasn't intended to be a villain villain. Like when I first um, uh, kind of came up with the idea of Jurok in um, Lonely House of Neverwinter, he was meant to be a kind of tragic, like tragic vi villain. Um, he'd lost his partner and was doing everything, anything and everything he could to do it and felt that, you know, the means justified the end or the to, other way around. To bring them back, you mean? Yeah, yeah. So to to bring Evid back, Jorok was willing to do pretty much anything else. And and that's kind of the, the for, for me, the mark of a villain, like one that you can kind of see this perspective of but just they're going about it all wrong. Um, however, as the series kind of developed, they got more twisted by um, Ragnora's influence. Um, so yeah, uh, Jorok was, um, by the end of it was, yeah, just this this horrific heart wasp person. Um, so yeah, I, I, did I did enjoy DMing him, but I think, Yeah, I think I'm. I, th I think I think his his story is closed. So as much as it was fun to kind of develop him as as it went, um, yeah, I'm not. I, th I think I think Jurok is done. Mm. Um, and in terms of the best villain I've faced, um, I had a lot of fun in um, in Ali's game, uh, it Distorted Revelation, with the uh, kind of um overarching plot that he had um like there, there were definite hints at some kind of really big thing going on behind the scenes that mm. um you know we were too in small and insignificant to to work out what they were um so yeah i'm really excited to kind of see a little bit more of whatever the shadowy figure is that was pulling the strings there mm. how about you so for me I'm going to keep this strictly to roll together because mm -hmm. if I was to go off, if I was to say about villains that I faced um, in real life, in in-person games or not on stream, I could probably do an entire talk together on that. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, so in terms of villains, so obviously I can't answer the DM question, but in terms of villains that I've been against, obviously Jurok we've already gone through the description of Jorok. He is the top one for me. Mm. Mainly because I've done two adventures against him. So that's why he's at the top. Uh, to go down below that, it's not so much uh, a villain, but more the sort of uh, concept of everything that was going on at that time. And that was in uh, Nexus that Nat DM'd. The, we had the uh, creature in the closet that was uh, absorbing and eating people in that aspect, but it was just uh, the fact that a villain, somebody had set this all up to happen and it was all sort of going wrong and it was just uh, very well interweaved and at the end of it, you know, uh, what was his name? Tusktooth? I, I, believe, he, mm. I believe his name was. Um, he... He came across to me as the ultimate villain in in this situation, in that situation, but um, but he wasn't present at all. Uh, Gargarius Tusk, his name was. That's correct. Um, so yes, no, but that adventure in and of itself was, um, although there wasn't like a main villain, we saw a lot of what I believe her name was Nora was doing mm. in the background, or had been doing before she disappeared and appeared in your in your one shot. So. I just think there was a lot of good interweaving 
in mm. there. So I'd say I'd say that. Obviously, the um, uh, enemy that we fought in Addy's game as well, which its name, the name of the campaign completely, it's the first time that I played Skarnot. I can't remember what it was called now. Mm. Um, Back in the annals of time. Yes, but it is on YouTube somewhere. Um, just look for a picture of me and Ali and Nat. And I can remember the people who played in it, but I just can't remember the name of it. <laughs> Distorted Revelation, I think it was called. That was that was the second one. That was the follow-up. Um, oh, was it? Pretty certain. Um, tell you what, I'll just... Very quickly, because I never close a tab, so... That's um, This is the quickest thing. I'm just going to search for Garnet. Garnot. Um, Garnot. Very exciting for the audience. Can see, um, was in a divergent dream. Divergent dream. There we go. That's the one. Um, yes. So, divergent dream, the uh, whole concept of the masks and the having to go into other people's consciousness and all of that as well was um, was very good, yes. But, but to be fair, I haven't been in many other games other than those, so... Uh, Honourable mention to the... Uh, to the uh, live, was it Live Hard, Die Free that Chris did for Christmas where we played our 80s action hero mock-ups? Um, it was just called Dice Hard, wasn't it? Oh, it was Dice Hard, yeah. That was, that was obviously another fun one. Anyway... I think we're getting towards the end of our time. Should we go back in and finish our little, mm. our little uh, room creation? I clicked on the wrong thing there, so let's go back in. Wave hands. <laughs> oh well, did you feel it that time? I. Or did you feel like you were? Feel like I probably in? did, but yeah. I don't know. It's hard to feel anything in this, uh, in this blasted heat, right? So that could have gone very dark for a second, and or very sad. One of the two, but yes. I mean, take your pick. Take your pick. Yes. So shall so, we? Shall we recap what we've what we've got? Yes. So our adventurers uh, come now. This is our adventurers come into a coastal town, uh, either via the um, the key slash dock or the beach. The coastal town has a resemblance to something in the. Uh, hero's memory, maybe somewhere they're from, somewhere they've journeyed to, somewhere where they've made some sort of connection. Uh, when they appear there, there is a bit of um, strangeness going on with the people there. They're a bit uh, oblivious, not oblivious, but uh, they're under the effects of mind control. We know that. Uh, but there are indications that it is illithids. We have uh, squid, squids being sold at the fish market. We have a pond full of tadpoles, we have obviously the mind control, uh, but there's also a ship in dock, a very colourful looking ship, and some of the houses have got various different colours on them as well, hinting that mm. it might be something else. And I believe the last thing that we said was that one of the people in the village, whether it be a village person or one of the other heroes that the hero that we have is adventuring with currently where we've plucked them from, is acting is resisting the effects. Is that correct? That sounds about right to me. And uh, I was also thinking... Hang on, is that is that is that a kobold right there? Yes, that is a kobold. Is that a... I think, I think they've got a note. Oh. I think it's from the... Uh, I think it's from the Masters again. Oh. Have we done something wrong? I mean, let me just... Uh, Give this a read, right. Okay. We have been watching your progress with all seven eyebrow raised. You do remember our talking as a free action powers only extend to one hour, right? Whilst we are impressed by your enthusiasm and intention to detail, this design would be more suited to a, a one-shot in do documentary. Uh, they've, they've got a point there. Possibly yes. designed a game rather than a room. Yes, we did waffle on a little bit, didn't we? Thus, we cannot include it in the roster. All is not lost, however. We have been impressed by your creativity, and on the proviso you actually provide us with the blueprints to new encounters in a timely manner, we may consider your promotion. Don't forget to thank the sponsors and supporters again, and wipe the kobolds' crumbs up before you leave. 
You're not out of internship yet. Okay, well, um, sponsors and supporters are, of course, Hero Forge, Ultra Pro, Phoenix Dice, and Alchemy RPG. And we are supported by Idle Champions, Neverwinter, Elderwood Academy, and D&D Beyond. Uh, what more do we have? Um, do be dears and remind our wonderful audience that they can find us here every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. EST. Other time zones are available. And on Mondays and Tuesdays from 6 to 9 p.m. when we stream our D&D games. Where you can follow the adventures of people just like... Well, just like the people that we always take on in these sorts of things, you know. All of these streams at twitch.tv forward slash RollTogetherRPG. VODs are available immediately after the stream to catch up. Or you can find all our content on YouTube a few days later. And don't forget... You can also enjoy them as a podcast. Oh, do you want to read this last bit? It's quite a lot. As uh, was said, the last little bit was. Uh, um, did you pass us a bit of paper here? Yes. Uh, no. oh, hang on. I've just got to. I've just got to look over the uh, the notes that I've already written on. Uh, so it says, uh, "Many thanks again to our D Twenty Club on Patreon. If you'd like to support us, you can do so from as little as one of your local currencies per month." Uh, thank you also to all of our sponsors and supporters, which the Forge Master had said before. Uh, and there's this there's this word, that, there's this thing that we have to say at the end. Mm. Mm. Uh, should we say it together? Should we say it together? Yes, ready? Let's see, yeah. how, see how well this goes. Ready? One, two, three. Always, Always stay, stay classy, classy at, at the, the table. table. <laughs>